Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Ken Johnson, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois Extension, coming to you today from Jacksonville, Illinois, with a garden bite. Garden and seed catalogs have been arriving for several weeks now. When flipping through these catalogs, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the different choices we can see in them. And unfortunately, we probably don't have enough space, and in a lot of cases, time, to grow everything that we see, no matter how awesome or amazing these plants may seem. So what are some different things we should think about when we're going through these seed catalogs and selecting plants to grow for this coming growing season? First thing we need to consider is how much space do I have? So go out and measure your garden beds if you don't have that information handy or if you don't know that already, or if you're going to be making a new garden bed, go out, measure that out, see how much space you're gonna have to work with. This is probably going to be the limiting factor for most people is how much space they're gonna have to grow. Each plant that you put in your garden is going to have spacing requirements, so you need to make sure you have enough space to pull these plants. Depending on the size of your garden bed, you may also need to add pathways so you can get in there and weed, harvest, fertilize, what have you. So you need to make sure you have pathways potentially in your garden beds to do some of these gardening activities as well. So keep that in the back of your mind when you're going through these catalogs. So once you have an idea of how much space you have, It's time to hit those garden catalogs and look through all those different amazing plants that you have that you can potentially grow in your landscape. If you're doing a vegetable garden, some things to consider is what do I want to eat or what is your family going to eat? There's a good chance that if you're growing something you don't want to eat, you're probably not going to put the time into caring for it like you should compared to a crop that you actually are excited about eating and harvesting. So just because most people grow tomatoes in their gardens, and you and your family don't like tomatoes, don't grow tomatoes. Don't waste your time growing stuff that you don't want to eat. Unless you just want to do it just to say you did. There's there's nothing wrong with that either. Ideally, though, we should probably focus on plants when it comes to vegetables anyway. Focus our time and effort on plants that we're actually going to eat. Another thing to consider for vegetable crop, for vegetable gardens is what am I going to do with it? How you plan to use or process those vegetables can impact uh, the type of variety that you choose. So, for example... If we want to make tomato sauce, you probably want to try growing Roma or paste tomatoes instead of slicing tomatoes, which is what you would grow if you're going to use them on sandwiches and stuff. Those Roma and paste tomatoes have a lot less liquid in them so that when you're making sauces, you don't have to spend as much time cooking them down to get that consistency that you want in those sauces. Peas are another good example of there's different varieties that are going to be used different ways depending on what they are. So our English and garden peas, the pods of these peas are not eaten. The seeds are allowed to develop, and they are removed from the pods before being eaten. So if you're buying peas, frozen peas or canned peas in the grocery store, those are the type of peas that you're buying, those English or garden peas. Snow peas, on the other hand, have flat edible pods, and they're going to be harvested while the pods are still tender and before the seeds start to fill out. Uh, So if you buy frozen stir-fry mixes, those are the types of peas you're going to find in there, the snow peas. We also have sugar snap peas, and these are kind of a cross between English and snow peas. So like English peas, the seeds are allowed to develop before picking. However, the pods of these peas are edible. The pods are crisp and sweet, so they don't need to be shelled to be eaten. So these are typically, these are often eaten raw. A lot of times if you're buying vegetable platters, a lot of times sugar snap peas are going to be in there. So again, depending on how you want to use those peas, that may dictate the variety that you select. Also important when you're looking at different varieties of plants uh, is looking at how big they're going to get. A lot of times when we think of cucurbit plants, these are vining plants, so our 
cucumbers, our watermelons, our pumpkins, our squashes, again, our vining plants, typically they take up a lot of room. If you don't have a lot of room in your garden, you probably want to avoid these or you want to look for bush varieties. There are some types of cucurbits that have been bred to be bush varieties. They may only get two or three feet long, those vines. So these are going to be better for smaller spaces. And there are some varieties that can even be grown in large pots. So again, if you're limited by space and you want to grow some of these cucurbits, look for bush types that are going to take up less space. Same thing with tomatoes. Indeterminate tomatoes are going to continually grow throughout the growing season. It can get quite large. They're going to require staking or trellising in order to keep them off the ground. On the other hand, determinate type tomatoes tend not to get as large. So if you have a smaller space, you probably want to look for more determinate types than indeterminate. When you are looking through garden catalogs, you may see the term hybrid or heirloom, and this can be both for vegetables and flowers, typically for vegetables, but you also see these terms in flowers occasionally. Hybrids are going to be created when plant breeders intentionally cross-pollinate two different varieties of a plant, aiming to produce a particular offspring or hybrid. And this offspring or hybrid plant is going to ideally contain the best traits from each of the parents. So a lot of times, Especially for vegetables, you get a lot more disease resistance in a lot of cases with hybrids. One of the drawbacks to hybrids, though, is that if you save seeds, saving seeds from hybrids and planting those out, they do not come back true to form. So it's not going to be the same as the plant you had, say, last year, if you saved seeds. Heirlooms, on the other hand, are open-pollinated plants that have been handed down from one generation to the next. Some people add in the extra caveat that it needs to be a minimum of 50 years old. But heirloom plants... A lot of times you see these with like tomatoes, especially. A lot of times they, they're said to have more flavor, a lot more interesting colors with a lot of these heirlooms. One of the drawbacks is a lot of these have a lot less disease resistance, though. Disease resistance is also another important thing to look at. And a lot of times different plants are going to have symbols next to them indicating what type of diseases they are resistant to. So, for example, tomatoes may have initials like F, V, N, or TMV next to them. So F would stand for fusarium wilt, V for verticillium wilt, N for nematode resistance, and TMV would be tobacco mosaic virus resistance. So these, these initials are going to indicate what diseases these different varieties and cultivars are resistant to. If you've grown vegetables or, or other ornamental plants too in the past and you've had issues with particular diseases, it's probably a good idea to look for varieties or cultivars that are resistant to some of these diseases. Now, just because something is resistant to a particular disease does not mean they won't get it, but they are less likely to develop the disease compared to susceptible types. And if they do get it, in a lot of cases, it's not as severe. So by choosing these resistant varieties, you can help avoid some problems right off the bat. One of the things I like to do when I go through garden catalogs is look for unique varieties of plants. So things like purple or black tomatoes, purple potted peas, purple broccoli, there's yellow cauliflower, purple potatoes, blue potatoes, red potatoes. There's a lot of unique colored varieties of vegetables that you can find in a lot of these garden catalogs that you would not be able to find in a nursery or in a box store. So if you want to try something different, looking for unique colors is, is one way you can do that. So once you've gone through all these garden catalogs, you've made a list of the different varieties or cultivars or even new plants that you want to grow. Once you've got that, sit down, make a map of your, of your garden beds and place those plants in there to see if you're going to have enough space for everything. And again, remember to keep in room for pathways and things like that. 
If you can fit everything in there, you're good to go. Go ahead and order your seeds. If you don't have enough space, then it's time to go back to that list and time to start removing things until you can get everything to fit into that landscape. Once you've got that list pared down enough that you can fit everything in your garden, go ahead and click that buy button and order your plants. That's all I've got for you for this Garden Bite. Thanks for listening and keep on growing.